2: Is remorse.
0: No! Say it! Again!
1: Uh. There is remorse, you son of a bitch!
0: <laughs> oh. No, no, no. <laughs> oh.
2: Ah! Ah!
0: I don't think you mean that. Light it up, gents. Light it up
1: now!
2: Welcome to Fear Me.
0: Hi, I'm Kim.
1: Stuart. Scott.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 99.
1: Wow. Almost there. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Have we been doing this too long?
2: (laughs) Yeah, just a bit. Not yet. (laughs) Not too long.
0: Next week, when we do hit our 100, we will have a couple of special guests on the podcast. That I'm very excited about.
2: And you're, we're not allowed to talk about who they are? I don't want to say yet. Okay. You don't want to say yet? Wow. It, will we announce it like Sunday or something? Like during the Walking Dead airing? Maybe. Okay. We'll send something out like Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Say who we're going to do our recording with. Yeah.
0: They're not celebrities, but they one of them is big in the podcasting world. So if you listen to the Walking Dead podcast, other ones, you might know this name.
1: Excellent. Look forward to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you drinking, Stu? Uh,
2: I have one where, from a uh, brewery that just opened near us. Uh, I'm not sure if they're actually brewing anywhere else. It says that the, this is actually called the uh, From Pontoon Brewing. It's the flotation device. It's a Berliner style Weiss beer. Uh, it says that it's actually brewed out of Savannah, Georgia. But I know that their brewery just opened up like right near our house. So we're going to mm. have to go in and try and figure that out.
1: Yeah. So they were probably burning it out in Savannah before they opened their brewery up yeah, here. Yeah, I
2: think so. I think that maybe they got they were getting the recipes going, and uh, mm-hmm. now they have finally gotten a established brick and mortar place to sell. Cool. Fantastic. So, anyways, like I was saying, it is a vice a vice beer, a vice beer, and I guess Scott's not a fan. Kim,
1: not my it. favorites.
2: I think it's good. I think it's really good. It's <laughs> kind of sparkly. It's got uh, cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Kim's not a fan.
0: It's really bad after you drink another beer Anyways, for it, too.
2: Flotation device, <laughs> pontoon brewery, pretty good.
1: But you, you like it, right? Yeah, it's very good. All
0: right. Okay. Kimmy, what you drinking? I am drinking a beer. It's an IPA uh, from Sugar Creek Brewing Company out of oh Charlotte, North Carolina. It's called The Flight.
1: She's sampling. She's going for a taste.
0: Not a fan. Really? Not a fan. Not good? Let me try Really? It's very similar to that Vice beer. I like that one. It's, I think it's it pretty good. It tastes
2: carbonated almost.
1: Well, most beers do. Uh, the, they are
2: The Vice beer might have screwed up your palate there. Maybe it did. Scott, what do you got?
1: I'm drinking a vanilla porter from Star Hill Brewery out of Charlottesville, Virginia. And it's called Two-Tone.
2: Uh-huh. And?
1: And it's it is a tasty beverage that you can cut with a knife.
2: <laughs> oh, good thick one, mm-hmm. a thick porter.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, it really is. It's it's absolutely delicious. Mm. Um, I would definitely recommend it. How strong? I had is to it? make sure there wasn't. It's it's pretty strong, but it's but it's very smooth. You know, um, I had you. to make sure that it wasn't. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's a very smooth tasting beer. It's a tasty beverage. It's um. But, yeah, I mean, it's just I I had to make sure they didn't have a lot of caffeine in it, too, or I'd be like. (laughs) But, uh, no, it's good. I I think uh, Star Hill did a really nice job with this one. It's one of of the better vanilla porters I've had.
2: I like it when Scott gets caffeinated. I don't have to talk as much.
1: I know. You're going to have to talk some more. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. We are going to recap The Walking Dead Season 8, Episode 10, The Lost and the Plunderers. So what'd y'all think, especially of the way they segmented the different parts with people's names?
2: That one was weird because it reminded me of Preacher, that they were doing that. Yeah. I'm still not quite sure. I guess they were just trying to focus you on which character that the storyline's about, but, yeah, I mean, they've, they've never done that before, have they, in any yeah. of the episodes? No, no. So it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it took me by surprise, especially when they said Enid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which we could have done without.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They didn't say like trash people, yeah. But um, no, I, I thought the episode was really good. I really enjoyed this one, and I think probably the best part was the whole Simon Negan thing to me, mm-hmm. like that whole almost role reversal of those two, um, and Negan trying to regain control over his boy. Yeah, it was good. I liked it.
0: I liked it too. I liked last week's episode better. This parts of it felt kind of like a filler episode, especially the first part of it. And definitely the Enid part. I think we could have done without that entire segment. I don't know what that contributed to the storyline
2: at all. Dealing with Oceanside? Yeah. I think that's just part of the story. I don't think they're done with them yet.
0: No, I know they're not done with them, but that segment was like bleh. Like, why? Why do we need that?
1: Well, I kind of say that about them, period. I mean, why are they running after the Oceansiders? I mean, it's not like there's many of them, and uh, they're not armed. Um. They don't seem like they would be a whole lot of a uh, help to the cause. Cannon right. fodder. Yeah.
0: Well, nonetheless, um, I did like the episode, and I, I agree that the Simon and Negan part was the best part. I,
1: I thought the episode was excellent. I really did. I, I liked the segmented part of it. Um, it took me a couple, couple minutes to catch on that we were jumping jumping in time a little bit, but um, but I thought it was extremely well done. And like you were saying, I um, I thought. I thought Negan in general was the best part of the whole episode. Um, even his, you know, that whole s- scene at the end, we'll talk more about it, but the whole scene at the end with, with him and Rick on the radios talking about Carl, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, it's it, Negan came out, came off in this episode as the most reasonable of the bunch.
2: Yeah. It I was mean, almost kind of weird in that way. But it was good. I think it was, but it it was showed well Negan, done. But...
1: Right. It showed Negan as an organizer, you know? it it showed negan is i like the fact that they toned him down a lot
0: same yeah and no theatrics that,
1: exactly and i think that is really good for his character i hope they continue to do that because you really get to see negan not as the uh the clown caricature but as the organizer in a demented way but at the organizer of a working community that has a plan that understands uh what you know that knows what he's doing he's not just creating chaos here he's doing the opposite he's trying to create order but the way we've been seeing it throughout this thing is just this you know prancing clown that was a psychopath you know and Negan really does consider himself saving people Mm -hmm. you know
2: and and actually uh gives a little bit more um uh, I guess evidence to your argument before of like, well, how does he keep control of these people if that's all he is doing is being, right. you know, the clown, the authoritarian, and you know, without really any thought to what he's doing, he's just going around bashing heads. That's not what he's doing. He actually has a plan and a scheme to his order. Um, the thing that was weird to me through the whole thing, and one of the questions that we always had was that were there more places? other than the ones that we were seeing. And so it actually answered the question, there is nobody other than, you know, the outposts that we've seen that Negan controls.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a really good observation, Stu, because that is true. Because we really did not understand the scope of Negan's territory. Um, We got a much better idea of it in this episode with Simon trying to discuss about cutting bait with the ones he's been they've been dealing with and, and talking about going after some other areas. So there's not a lot else that they're dealing with other than Hilltop, Alexandria, and, um, and the kingdom. Um, altogether, those all are, uh, you know, that seems to be the scope of the Sanctuary's territory right now or what they want to be their territory. Right. But, but still, you, as you said, though, that was a great observation about the fact that it really, um, does support i hadn't thought about it in that way, but it really does support how he is able to hold control of that place because the, those people probably really do see that um that he has a plan and he is he is uh you know they see the side where he's being more reasonable and he's talking about you know controlling the whole place or he's talking about you know having that as a community right do you guys want to delve right into uh, the first yeah, segment, which was we'll Michonne. Talk about
2: Michonne. Definitely.
0: Michonne. Um, I really like the Michonne segment, and I think it builds on last week's episode with Carl's passing. It develops her more as a motherly figure and um, being, you know, distraught over his death and wanting to save the pieces of his life that impacted them. You know, like the gazebo wanting to save that, Mm -hmm. even though it was a lost cause and being torn up over the handprints that she sees of, of Carl's and Judith and, um, you know, things like that. So, but also seeing the state of Alexandria, like we thought that Alexandria was going to be torn to the ground, but it's salvageable, I think. And very much so. And the fact that Luckily Carl's house did not burn down, so his handprints are still there. I mean, wow. Well, not only that,
1: I Kim, I had to laugh because <laughs> when they show that scene when they're when they're actually leaving the house, you know, Michonne comes in, she she's seen the walkers, she's like, We gotta get going. I'm looking at the the center aisle in the kitchen there, and it's full of a bowl of tomatoes and vegetables and the things like that, and I'm just thinking, take them. Take them yeah, exactly. with you. I <laughs> you know, I know It's oh, fresh all these veggies. are
0: left behind. And the house looked pristine from the outside, so yeah. So so we know that Alexandria will probably be populated again. They'll redo everything. So that's that's good. So they can still keep a piece of Carl with them. And obviously he's buried there. So um, but yeah, I mean, I like that that part a lot.
1: Do you guys remember Carl sitting on the <laughs> roof of the gazebo? I don't I remember. Was wondering any how in that. the world does that <laughs> thing
0: support him as an almost full grown man? But no, I do not remember that at all.
1: <laughs> no, That one kind of caught me so by surprise when she said, hey, you used to like to sit up there. And I'm like, oh, really? I must have I missed that part. Yeah.
2: And you're going to go save it right now? They ran out there with the fire extinguishers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Rick was like,
2: ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> dealing with a woman. Michonne gave that convincing look like, let's go it do it. It was a
1: touching scene, though. I mean, I really did think it was a nice uh, scene that they threw in there to show um, Michonne's desperate need to try to preserve anything of Carl she could
0: yeah yeah and and you know the other part that really struck me with this is that there was hardly any dialogue in this opening it -hmm. was very quiet um and it kind of made it more emotional that way there were more feelings involved it had a huge impact so I like the way that they did that and then the walker whose face got ripped off Mm -hmm. in the gate Holy yeah. cow.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, and she couldn't close the gate, so she started stabbing him to block the gate. Yeah,
0: yeah but she got the gate yes, stuck Yes, got in the his rebar face.
2: stuck on his, yeah, under his skin. Yeah, that was that
1: pretty was gnarly. That was nasty. That was pretty gnarly. I knew Kim was enjoying that one.
2: <laughs> and they had a bunch of close-ups of walkers getting stabbed in the face.
0: You know, and the one Sliced walker... melons. There was one mm-hmm. walker they showed that was in the upper left-hand corner of the screen, and he yes. was a Younger fresher guy. body. Yeah. yeah. hmm he was more disturbing to me than the other walkers because he like he was probably alive yesterday or like a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we might know this guy, but um He's I mean a I didn't
2: recognize him, but probably a savior. He was yeah, outside w- of the game.
0: But what I'm saying is like he it was more real, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. mm-hmm. the decayed walkers are definitely like the monsters with the zippers on their back. But this guy was like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's Fred from down the street.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> We were wondering what happened to Fred. He went out looking for oil. <laughs> oh, he's at the so, gate. I did think it was interesting to watch them when they were uh, when they were driving out of there, and you look back at the uh, uh, sign on the wall that says Alexandria Safe Zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're leaving yeah. out of it because there's nothing safe about it anymore.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, a very uh, powerful image. Leaving. And that's out of where there. the plunderers.
2: Comes from. And the lost.
0: The lost and the plunderers.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Lost were welcome and
1: plunderers
2: beware or something like that. Plunderers leave.
0: No. (laughs) I can't
2: remember what it said now. It was something like that as your plunderer, get the hell out of here. Mm hmm. It wasn't like lost and plunderers welcome.
0: No. (laughs) It was like haven (laughs) for the lost and something for the plunderers or something like that.
1: Yes. Not haven for the plunderers. There you go. Yeah,
2: that's, yeah. But, (laughs)
1: <laughs> they were not very creative that day when they did that sign. Well, you know. But they did use the word plunderers. That's pretty creative. Yeah, that's true. That is. It's
0: like, arr, mateys. Yeah, exactly.
1: Arr, prepare to be boarded. You. Gar.
0: <laughs> Do you think they thought they would ever go back when they passed that sign?
2: Oh, do you think they're gonna? Well, try yeah, I right? did think no, so. No, but
0: like right then when they left, do you think okay, all all hope is lost for coming back to this place?
2: I don't um, know. Yes, I, I do. I think they. Yeah, I mean, I, like like you're saying, you're surprised they weren't grabbing stuff. I have a feeling they're probably once they get people to help them clear it out that they're probably gonna come back. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Michonne's still somewhat trying to close the gate, <laughs> even right. though she just yeah, piled some bodies point. in exactly. front. Um, yeah, that's a good Exactly. Yeah. They only have a few gates to close up, and they can still... That's true.
1: She's still trying to preserve the security of the place. Yeah. No, I I I think they're definitely planning on coming back at some point.
0: It just felt to me that, uh, especially Michonne's reaction when they were leaving, like she was distraught over the fact that they would be leaving Carl
2: behind. Like she was saying goodbye
1: to the place. I think it was more her, her... She was distraught over the fact that it did not prove to be a safe zone.
0: Yes, I agree with that, too. Because remember when they first got there Mm -hmm. several seasons ago, and she had talked about how tired she was of wandering and how she was ready to settle down, and she was hoping that this place would be the one that they stayed Mm -hmm. at forever. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And, you know, you, you can even go so far as why would she bother trying to put out the fire over the gazebo? Yeah. She wanted to preserve it. To keep it there so they could come back to it. But, uh, yeah. you know, that was just a futile effort, of course. But nonetheless. And when you're saying about the, the time jumps, then they they
2: head on to um, the junkyard and find the blue paint and stuff, right? And that's, I mean, that was like their next scenes was like the head, heading over to there. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Those, that was a really cool element, the which way was, they did that.
2: Yeah, which was more of the future after, after Simon's party had gotten them.
1: Yes. But, but you know, but you don't really cool. know that at the point.
2: No,
0: not no, at all. No, of course not. They go to the junkyard, and that's when the trash falls down, and they get trapped inside. And um, that was really cool, because you kind of see that Carl has already had an impact on Rick, that he has some empathy. Because you could see his face kind of drop when he realizes who all the walkers are that are inside the trash dump area. And he's like, God damn it. And... But he also has empathy towards Jadis when he sees her up on the, the trash Why hill. Why
1: did, uh, why did why why was there like a trap set with the garbage falling down?
0: Well, that I, was the back door. So oh, was it? That yeah. wasn't their front. I thought that it was the front main door. way
2: in. I thought it was the, the same guys, way that Simon went in. I don't think because so. because that's where the paint was, where she was painting, and right. he had just come in that way, that same. That same way when he... Because that was one of the first so things Rick ran into enough, when he went in. You
0: think she had enough time to set that That's trap? That's the
2: question. That's the question. After
0: everything that happened? No, I don't
2: think so. That's quite quite the trap.
0: I mean, she had time to change clothes.
1: Yeah. She did have time to change clothes. She
2: had a snack, didn't she? Mm-hmm. When she eaten something out of a can? That uh, was later.
1: That was later. That but was she after did.
0: everybody died. After she destroyed all the walkers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was when Rick found him. Yes, that was when Rick so found him after we're that. catching back up to the the beginning of the episode at that point. Because right. Rick and Michonne went in there, the trap set, mm-hmm. they're having to kill everything off, and then they see Jadis. They had to climb up on top of the pile, and then they see Jadis is up on top of the pile.
0: She did not open that can until she had killed everybody in the cruncher.
2: Did She kill, She killed everybody in the cruncher after yeah, Rick and Yeah, that was them much left. later, yes. You're right. You are right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, what was up with the horror, The classic horror movie zoom-ins on Michonne and Rick. The ding, ding, ding. Oh,
2: that was yeah, right when the uh, the walkers came out. It was right uh, when they went to the out. opening. Right when the Did walkers they do came that out. Any other time thought, in the episode? No, No, yeah.
1: but I thought it was great. Yeah, It was pretty funny. It was a but
2: awesome was, horror, I think it was. I
1: think it was. I think. I think it was done to show that there was something really particularly horrifying about these particular walkers. You know, because at the time when we saw that, we just thought they were walkers. We didn't know that they were Jadis' junkyard folks. So I think you, you you know, you see that and you're kind of like, oh, that was kind of an interesting effect. And then you come mm-hmm. back to it later on and realize, oh, that's why they were so horrified is because they recognized him for uh, uh, Jadis' people.
0: Yeah, but I really wish they had just put some 70s music in there.
2: Or like maybe pow. Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah. No, the only other time I've ever seen them do that was when um, uh, Negan and his guys came to the Alexandria at one point, And they did like this overhead shot, this aerial shot, and then they zoomed in on Negan. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was like, it, I think it was last season. I think it was season seven. And he had like just shown up during the day and all his guys started walking through. And then they zoomed in on Negan like it was mm-hmm. like, you know. <laughs> That was because like, there was a bunch of listeners that had mentioned it. I think, right. and I saw people on Twitter talking about it too. So yeah. when I
1: saw that happen again, I was
2: like, "Oh, they're doing it again." <laughs>
1: I liked it. I liked it myself. I thought it was well, good. It,
0: it was funny because when they did the, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But when they showed um, Dean in the box and Negan had opened the box and Dean's coming out, as I a got walker. my
1: Dean in a box. <laughs>
0: And his hands are popping out of the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a throwback to me from Night of the Living Dead, from like the classic zombie coming out of the ground.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh you yeah, know?
2: okay.
0: So it's like they were doing a lot of callbacks this time.
1: Yeah. So uh, Negan, Negan segment was probably one of the most interesting of the show. I would say his his whole conversation with uh, Simon was very interesting. You kind of come into this realizing that, you know, we had already talked about the fact that we thought there was some kind of tension there with he and Simon, but we didn't really know what it was. We even speculated that maybe Simon was the head of the sanctuary before Negan took over. Right. Right. Yes. Um, I no longer think that that was the case, but I do, uh, I I did think it was interesting that that Simon really started, uh, you know, sowing his wild oats with Negan and really was kind of pushing (laughs) the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. with I him. think the
2: interesting thing was that he was not backing down when Negan was like, "Yeah, I'm really having a hard time holding myself back right now." Yeah, exactly. Simon still kind of kept pushing on. Well, yeah, um, Simon says, "Well, tons it, of tension it, in it.
1: It's been working." He said, "Well, it's not been working lately." Yeah, yeah, not. And too you know, well.
2: Lucille is
0: right there on the table the entire time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yep, as
0: a show of threat.
1: Well, and but, I think Negan kind of left Lucille sitting there too because it was Lucille was kind of like in between the two. Yeah. So it was almost like go ahead, grab it. Go ahead and grab it, Simon. But he's but Negan I think we started really seeing Simon as being we started seeing the first light of Simon being maybe the true psychopath here. Yeah. You know, when he talks about that um that they need to go to the junkyard and just wipe them all out. And, and Negan's kind of like, whoa, 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 hold on a second, you know. And he makes it particularly pointed to Simon that there needs to be only one person killed. Yeah, and I'm and wondering... as soon if, as he said that, I knew there was going to be more than one person yeah, killed. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and I was wondering if that was because in the past, Simon had been such a problem. Right, right. And, I mean, because you're kind of pulling that that Negan is like, okay, i got to get him on a leash a little bit if I'm going to send him out there, because... I mean Simon was ready. He was like where do you want me? Where do you want me to go?
1: Simon's yeah. done it before. Yeah. Evidently. So. Simon's gone in and wiped out people that Negan wanted to have as part of the part of the plan, evidently. Um because he was yeah, he was trying to hold him off at the pass on that. But but it is funny that it, it's 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 kind of interesting that Negan keeps sending Simon out to do this stuff. It's almost like a challenge, you know. Are, are you going to really challenge me? If I if I can stop this psychopath from wiping everybody else out, then I can pretty much control anybody. And right. and which is also made, you know it it's interesting because we got to see Simon in a in a really different light, um, and it's interesting to think back at some of his confrontations on Hilltop and so forth, and what mm-hmm. was maybe going through his head during some of those confrontations and stuff, because. Um, you know, especially at the point when they bring uh, the coffin in with Dean in it, um, you you know, you could see Simon was about to go off, or he was going off, and you know, and he wanted to go to Hilltop and kill all the farmers, right off the bat, and evidently, evidently, Simon, I I, I got the impression that the satellite was a separate community at one point, and mm-hmm. that he was the head of it, because he he did say, oh, you know. These thirty-eight people are from the satellite, and those are my people.
2: Well, mm. he
0: was the outpost head, right?
1: Yes, yes. But I'm wondering if the outpost was a was a community of its own before. That was his sales region. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That and was they his were the ones that were
2: Yeah, that's they were the ones that were keeping uh, Hilltop in line, right? So
1: yeah, but yeah, yeah, they were definitely involved with keeping the Hilltop in. in it does line, it so.
2: does make you think though, because like Negan. You know, he has his first impressions that he makes, goes mm-hmm. and kills somebody, shows how psychotic he is, kind of uh, lays down the law. And then he's like, OK, you know, I did my thing. Now I can back away and let, you know, mm-hmm. let these people yes. be in control and be in fear of me, be afraid mm-hmm. of me. Mm hmm. Um, and uh, then then we spend all this time with Hilltop and Simon. We're like, oh man, all those leader guys are crazy like that. Look at Simon. You know he's our mm-hmm. he's our other example. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Gavin and the Kingdom, and and you wonder. I mean, maybe Arat. I don't who knows. I don't know if Arat mm-hmm. is in, in charge of anybody. I don't think we've seen that. Mm-hmm. But you wonder like. Maybe these guys aren't all as crazy as well, we say. We've just been had this nice example of Simon being so crazy all the time, right? And know, we've
1: so. also got what's his name um, that's with uh, Rick's group now, Dwight, who who we know Dwight is not a psychopath either. You know, so it was definitely a mix, but but, and I wonder, you know, I wonder with Simon. Simon definitely seems to be the most psychopathic of any of them if there's anybody mm-hmm. and it might be the old the old adage you know he was he definitely seems to be Negan's right hand man so it's the old adage you know keep the craziest enemies closest to yeah. you yes exactly and and I think that's kind of what he was doing with Simon is keeping a thumb on him
2: his his greatest tool
1: Hmm. could be his yeah his greatest tool could be the most dangerous piece he has for himself
0: yep Right, and this did make me respect Negan a little bit more because he was the more rational person in this group. And the the fact that his theatrics were nowhere to be seen made him more believable and made him more real to the viewer, I think.
1: Well, but, even, more so th- even more so than Rick, for that matter. Because yeah. Rick was but, just kind of out of his mind. Not that he shouldn't have been.
2: But my question is, in this episode, yeah, you're starting to see that with Negan. And you're, I guess that goes back to what I'm... Um, kind of saying is we always thought negan was like mr crazy mm-hmm. did the character actually shift somewhat in how he was
1: no or i think we... we
2: just see because i mean everybody's scared shitless of him and he's he's got his rules that he's set to punish people right mm-hmm. he's we still a psychopath he? we got to, a s- he? And he's we got to see
1: he, he is but i but i think what we're seeing though is that there is the theatric negan and the other Negan behind the scenes cuz we got to see some of the other Negan behind the scenes with Carl sometimes too.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's like King Ezekiel. You put on a face in front of people to give right. them the illusion of whatever it is you want to portray, but right. we started seeing him well, we started seeing him break down before he even knew that 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 Carl was gone, that um when he was fighting with oh, yeah. Simon. Simon knows who he really is. I mean, Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to put up a front in front of him. And then when he finds out that Carl's dead, I think that breaks it down even more. He's like, Shit, this is real now.
1: Well, he you was know. even he was even uh paying homage to Carl to Simon. Right. You know, when yeah. he said that kid played me perfectly. You know. What did he and, call
0: him the oh Rick's one eyed pride and joy? <laughs> yeah,
1: played me perfect. And um <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I I think what I think what it comes down to is that there are two sides to to Negan, Negan, the theatrical side, which is the one he uses to reign fury and and fear, and then the other side that's the more practical organized person who has who's using that side to further his plan. Yeah. Now, doesn't make him any less psychotic than he is, but it does make him more um Mm three-dimensional than he used to be
0: well that and the fact that he does not want to carry through with simon's idea of just killing everybody Mm -hmm. he's the more rational one and this is where i'm thinking he's coming from is that if you kill everybody suddenly you have no one to provide those supplies and those resources Mm -hmm. to you you are now going to have to go out further like simon said (laughs) that's funny (laughs) <laughs> um, you have to go out further, <laughs> and as a preschool teacher for you, um, find new communities that can do the exact same job.
1: Well, he said but it from the, he said it for even the longest time. Worse, because then you've
0: got to waste your gas to get out there. You know, like right. there's all these. But he said
1: things. it all, for a long time that people are commodities. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's he preaches that, and that's what he said to these these people. You know, he's, he, he said it to Eugene quite a few times. You know, that these communities are commodities to our community. Yep. and
2: They're a resource. Yeah,
1: you know, that's why they call the hilltop the farmers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what they are to their community. They're the farmers of the community. And um, so Negan, Negan has a very rational plan for all this. His His way of carrying it out is very psychotic and scary. But he has a plan. And I think that, like you were saying earlier, Stu, I think that that kind of shows how he is able to keep keep control of his communities because not only does you know not only is he to be feared, but these people also see it as as a form of some kind of a safety. You know that mm-hmm. that this this group has control of this that we're safe against others.
2: Yep, there's a consistency in it at least. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, you know security, security yep. in numbers. And you have a strong leader who's a nutcase, but the strong leader, nonetheless, who's running the show and uh, and providing that security for them. Right. And they just have to kneel down.
2: <laughs> Hope they don't get knocked in the noggin.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: I said that to Keller today. He said, what's a noggin? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a southern head. Ugh. Did you learn him?
1: <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> I was kind of surprised that uh, that Negan didn't go off more about Maggie's message. Yeah, that I kind oh, of yeah. thought he would have gone gone maybe through the roof about. I
2: was That's surprised that they delivered delivered it into his office. I know, me too. <laughs> can, can, can you just like tell him, hey, Negan, you want to come out and take a look at or or here's a nail gun and a coffin?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you? they knew they knew what it was. No, yeah, no, they yeah. knew what it was, and they knew they yeah. needed to bring it to Negan directly so that he would see it, because those guys were also part of, of um, Simon's crew. Yeah. And so they were also the guys that had been at the outpost and so forth, too. So, so they probably knew what that 38 meant. So, yeah, I'm sure they were just as pissed off about it as, as uh, Simon was. Because, you you know, he ran into, you know, as soon as Simon went out there during his segment and that guy Gary was standing there and Gary was like, um, he's like, so, we're going to light up the hilltop?
2: Mm, Yeah.
1: And Simon was like, nope, we're going to keep holding our dicks between legs. You know.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's right.
1: I forgot about that. So, uh, yeah, so those guys brought it directly to Negan to make a point to Negan also. So they wanted to go deal with this.
0: Okay. And I think that's
1: why Negan kicked him out of the room too.
2: Yeah. Okay. Good point.
1: Time to take a break, guys. I think so. All right, we'll take a moment, and we'll be back, and we will start talking about Enid's section. All right. Well, we're back, and uh, guys, you want to uh, talk about our our uh, segment with Enid and the Oceansiders?
0: Not really. Little yeah. oh, Miss
1: Quick Trigger. Yeah, I could have uh, missed that segment, honestly. Yeah.
0: I don't think it had any bearing on this particular episode, and they should not have even included it.
1: And I understand you know,
0: they're setting something up, but.
1: What? There's could a time they really a be setting up that would be that interesting? I mean, you know, it's like I said earlier, I don't see where that group is really that helpful. Sure, you maybe get some extra bodies in there, but they, well, you know, they don't even have weapons, they have spears. They're fish. Fish. They do have fish.
2: They got food.
1: They, they got do food, which fish. is a good thing.
2: And I mean, they left it off at the end of the or the uh, mid-season finale with you know what happened there as right. being such a shocking and stupid move by Enid in shooting the leader of the Oceanside. And you know, it was kind of a, it was it was a weird storyline, especially yeah. her kind of blaming well it, blaming it on the woman.
0: Yeah, she made me kill her.
2: When he was like, well, actually. You are the idiot that shot her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, going back and watching that again, I mean, it still seemed like a very stupid play, stupid move it you know, was. that she that she shot her so quickly. But yeah, it sets up for Aaron to be there to try and convince them to come help. That's uh, that's all it really was. And then Enid kind of reestablishing herself as being a player. Yeah, well, I guess. And I I don't know if we're supposed to feel bad because Enid doesn't know that. Carl's dead or something like that or I mean why? I do feel bad about that, but well, when did Ian really... and
1: and um, and Aaron become an item? Such buddy buddy. I mean, was it maybe while Carl was on the gazebo at some point? I mean the... I don't I didn't <laughs> I think didn't it was just that one. Well just she took trip. off with him
0: yeah
2: when he was right. going out and she wanted to help. So yeah. she went I think that's
0: him. all it was. It was just they mm-hmm. got put together on this trip and it was a long ride and yada yada yada.
2: And he's gay, by
1: the way. Well, I know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Enid also looks like she's aged about two years since yeah. the last time we saw her. She looked she taller. has
1: aged about two years since last time we saw her.
0: <laughs> yeah, she looks a lot more mature. But yeah, so this whole segment psh, could have done without it. Okay, all right. So moving on.
1: Well, it was definitely the it was definitely the le- the least. Um, least important of the segments in there i mean like you said Stu, i'm sure it's leading up to something that um will be may have some significance down the line we'll see
2: well hopefully they play more of a part than the trash people do yeah yeah
1: i yeah the trash people thing that that whole thing i think they they just answered a lot of fans prayers by getting rid of them
0: i think the trash people were there just to set up Jadis as an important character
1: Okay. Maybe so, but that's a lot to lot to invest to set up Jadis as an important character. I mean, if 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 Jadis is going to be something big in the in the future, you could probably just left her being weird Jadis and, and just have her step in sometime. But, but we did, have
0: to understand her motivation before becoming that person in the future. I, I still
1: don't understand her motivation. Where what was with all the weird speak? Where did that come from? You know, I mean.
2: That was that was her trying to set up a a wall a barrier for to co- to control the communication between her and other groups had to be, you know I mean they I mean they all spoke the same way I mean it was it was like a learned language you know they oh,
0: limited know. what
1: they'd say to She's, people
0: she said they were trying to create something new yeah and they did well, they did
1: <laughs> it's and still, weird. it was just it was just so it was so Mad Max it was just silly um, it it that whole group never fit into this this it, all the groups in in that we've dealt with in this in this crazy world have in some ways been realistic you could see people going that way even the wolves to an extent who were just bloodthirsty you know mm-hmm. uh nutcases but there was nothing really that could make you know, those people turn like that that quick, where they created their own speak and everything. Yeah, but that's
2: why it was intentional, though. I mean, that's why their excuse for that was that it was intentional, you know? She's this weird, supposed artist, uh, you know, prior to everything falling apart, and then she decides to, okay, well, I'm going to create a new society where everybody talks like a robot. Yeah, I still find (laughs) that to be a
1: huge reach.
0: With slick back hair and Yes. Yeah.
2: Uniform. Well, you know, big pens. You know they they watched all those movies too, so maybe they were like, okay, Road Warrior, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Roll with it. (laughs) We we got a model. We We need Spiky Walkers, and uh, we all just talk in like three word phrases, and that's it. Speaking of which,
0: where is Winslow? He's still out there, isn't he?
2: Who Winslow? Who
0: Spiky Walker? Oh, the pokey guy.
2: No, he got killed, didn't he? Yeah. You're talking about the yeah the big Sansburg guy.
0: One guy got killed,
2: but did the other?
0: I don't think he did. He's in a pit
1: know. somewhere. No one cares.
0: He, he probably he's, is.
1: He's just he's one st- of the many walkers now.
2: He's stuck to a mattress.
1: <laughs> 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 he's got a Dunkin' Donut box sticking off the front of his <laughs> front of his spikes.
2: Yeah. So I mean, the next the the scenes are not getting so intimidating. Into- the scenes we're getting into next are with Simon. Well hold on before you in, go
1: there, I gotta ask you one question about the, the junkyard bitch. dog <laughs> conversations. This is the thing I could not get. What was Simon talking about when he was talking to when when he was talking to Jadis about the helipad and the solar panels. That's exactly what, was what here here I was before? gonna say. Oh
2: <laughs> because that's the next scene is we're finding Simon talking to Jadis, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah mm-hmm. that's that's where I was like, something is weird here because he was asking about like, you know, this is what like a, a military, like a, a military installation or something. Who the hell is asking? Well, why do they have, you know, why do they have solar panels? Why do they have a helipad? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What was this place before?" Right. And she says, "A dump." Yep. So there's something else to that place, for sure. But it, but it Kirkman was a dump said so much on the talking yeah, bed yeah but it could the the top could be a dump it could be a bunker underneath exactly okay I mean, where did they where did they keep crawling into when they would go into these piles that's of a good point the trash yeah they had something underneath that trash i mean they weren't just like a bunch of fridges that were connected under there and they're like <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that's a very been. good point he could have been, so Just maybe like a bunch of like bathtub tunnels or like something. Like
0: Brian, <laughs> the big tall guy, he looked like a military type guy, right? He he could know some looked insider like information Monster. that set them up for living large on the dump.
2: Yeah, I mean she well she actually explains that she went there to collect to collect stuff for art, right? Itself, yeah. right. She man. went to paint so She might have met stuff. him. Yeah, paint on things. So
0: she might have met him during her scavenging and. Came back there because it was her safe place whenever the world was normal and ran into Brian. And Who's Brian? Go. The
2: other slick
1: hat back guy? The,
0: yeah, her the right hand guy. man, the tall guy. The
1: lurchy. lurchy that Simon guy. killed. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, maybe there is something to that. I, I hadn't thought about it in that respect, but uh, I definitely was wondering what the hell is he talking about with the helipad and the solar panels. Um, but, you know, you may have something there and she may have known about it and they, you know, that was part of where they were. Oh well, remember
0: um, the the first I think it was uh episode 1 of this season and Rick sees the helicopter.
1: Yeah.
2: So Oh. And oh that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing is when when they did come back when Rick and Michonne found him, I I said to Kim, I was like, "Watch, she's not going to be speaking
1: weird anymore." Mm-hmm. I said right. she's
2: going to be she's going to be speaking right. normal. Like that's going to be all that facade is going to be gone. Yes. Yes.
1: Exactly. So, well, she, it, and she started breaking down when when she punched uh Simon.
2: Yes, yeah. Because yeah. she, what did she say, the remorse? We mm-hmm. show remorse, we show remorse, and then he killed like two people. Yeah. And then she threw him on the ground. Yep. Yeah, that was an intense scene. That was
1: an that, intense scene.
0: Actually, that <clears throat> exchange between the two of them, I thought, was even better than the Negan-Simon exchange. Because the two of them are such dynamic actors. Their, face, their facial expressions.
2: Simon's great. Yeah. Stephen Ogg. Yeah. got awesome expressions but
0: even her like her eye was twitching her whole body was shaking mm-hmm. when when the other two got shot like wow she was really getting into it it was good it mm-hmm. was like seeing two classic actors going at it
1: yeah know I agree I don't know if I would I would take it over the uh the stuff negan was doing but uh but it was definitely a very interesting scene um yeah now i'm now I'm really intrigued to, to think about what what exactly is going on there because because you know of course after after uh she lures all the walkers into the meat grinder um uh which was a really really gruesome scene yes and incredibly well done
2: i have to say that was a pretty pretty good grinder because it, it was... turned them into like a slurry it did yeah well <laughs> you did. know it
0: grinds up metal so it has to be tough
1: yeah
2: it yeah. was chilly, but not
1: that fine.
2: Was, yeah, not that fine. It was kind of
1: yeah. It was like a, a blender.
2: It makes me
0: more. sick to my stomach just thinking about it.
1: All I thought though is when they show her at the <laughs> end, staring there, and she—you can see she's getting furious. I, mm. my first thought was, oh, Rick, better watch out. <laughs> yeah. But But uh, now I'm, I'm now I'm curious as to see maybe there is something more to her, and maybe that whole sight.
2: Well, what do you? I mean, what do you think about Rick and them? Uh, or Rick actually not showing any empathy towards her, and then he he feels. I mean, when he when they when he and Michonne leave, mm-hmm. he almost feels some re, or you see some regret with him yes. for not right. Um, he he equates some it to what Carl asked him. Yeah,
1: you know, so it does cause him to have some regret
2: because he's he's sitting there blaming her. Like you know, you are the reason you made this choice. You killed all these people.
0: Well, that's what I was saying in the scene where Michonne and Rick are in the car and he's like, we have to go talk to Jadis. We still need her. That's where he starts showing empathy when he starts saying... They're next. They're going to be, They the Savior saw them with us, mm. and they're going to go there next. And to me, that was like, we got to either help them or find out what's going on.
2: Yeah, no matter if they double-crossed us right. or whatever, yeah.
0: And so when he gets there, and he sees her and sees everybody dead, I think that's when it triggered in his brain to go back to the old Nick, like er, Nick, the old Rick, where he's like, this is all on you, man. Like, you're the one mm-hmm. that double-crossed everybody. The and cold Rick. you play in both sides,
1: you're mm-hmm. going to get
0: your you know ass handed to
2: you basically put some pants on
0: but i think also carl's still in his head when he was trying to get out and he shoots over her instead of at her um you know he did that on purpose because he doesn't want to hurt her he didn't right. want to kill her he just wanted to tell her you're pissing me off
2: yeah but it's at the same time he's like live with it
0: yeah make your bed lie in it you know
1: Yes, I don't think though. I don't think there's anybody else in, involved with her group though, because if there was, I don't think she would have been sitting there on top of the trash pile with nobody else around.
2: Oh, you're saying happened. like there's no one, no one else alive? Like they're yes. all gone?
0: Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, here's they my question. They all danced into the grinder. Here's my question. Okay, first of all, why did she change clothes and put that white one, white slip on?
1: Because she went from crazy um, you know, devil looking girl to insane, possibly someone who needs to be uh <laughs> felt bad for.
0: Yeah, it gave her an air of innocence.
1: Right. And she couldn't do that in the stuff angelic.
0: she was wearing before.
2: Well she's right. yeah, she's stripping off the blood. Her fake facade. Yeah. You know, she's getting rid of that fake outfit, that fake persona that she had created and put some
0: shoes on. Something
2: yeah, like she could have put. Yeah, the shoes, the feet did not look too good. No, no, she no. might have been stepping on that spiky-headed Walker guy.
0: Yeah,
1: that does pretty well. Pretty
2: rough. That, it, that. for any of I you any out there I who have stepped
1: with... on a spiky-headed Walker guy, you know yeah. how painful that can be.
2: Anytime I see like cuts on people's feet like that, it really bothers me for some reason. Because like, you know cuts... it'd
0: be hard to walk. Oh,
2: god, that's gotta hurt. It's like uh, what was it? Die Hard when like they shoot yes. out all the glass yes. and he has oh, like, yeah. shoes on and he's like walking on the glass. It's like that just hurts me. Ah. Walking on hot coals. Okay. <laughs> gotta get a tetanus An shot An ingrown toenail. That. Yeah, I mean, Weirdo. come on, in the
1: junkyard. Yeah, under, I, that's the thing about it. she ran. She ran off that huge pile of junk in her yeah. bare feet. I'm uh, kind of oh. like, really? How do, how do you do that? Ah. <laughs> Here we are thinking.
2: Ah, oh, god, that's gotta really hurt. And they're like <laughs> dodging like bullets and things, like trying to kill them
1: and eat them and stuff. And like,
2: ooh, ooh, your feet though. Come Would have been along.
1: funny though if they had like uh, two <laughs> tissue bo- If they had like two tissue boxes on the end of her feet for yeah. she was using for shoes or something.
0: Well, it's even funnier when you see Rick fashioning the door into a um, yes a, a shield, and he wraps the towel around the metal pieces so that he can bend them up. Like he thought enough to protect oh, yeah. himself, but. Um okay so back to Simon. Do you think that The door
2: had to be a pain in the ass by the way. It
0: had to have been heavy.
2: Yeah. That was an
0: old-fashioned car. Yeah. Um do you think <laughs> Do you think that <laughs> Simon went into the trash dump with the idea that he was just going to go ahead and knock them all out?
1: Or do you think um, he, he went with the excuse. intention
0: of following Negan's rules? I think
1: I think he was going to kill more than one person, but I don't think he had intended him wiping them out. I think the situation um, caused him to lose control.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Because you you saw even, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but after that scene, they show him driving the truck away, mm-hmm. and he, ha- he has that look on his face like he's trying to look at the other guys to, or, you know... To assess the situation. Yeah. Are you going to challenge me on this, or, or you know, or kind of like say
0: anything? Yeah. Are you yeah. going to say
1: anything about what just happened here? So it was almost like he was, he was reflecting a little bit on it and kind of going, oh shit. Yeah, I just but, screwed up. But then he, but then he, you know, he recovered his swagger when he mm-hmm. went back and and ran into Negan. You know, and Negan's asking him about it, and he's like, yeah, you know, it was a what did he say? It was a speaking greet or or whatever it was. You know, yeah. went went the way it's supposed to. And, and there was remorse. And there was remorse. And, <laughs> and he has to know eventually. Negan's gonna find out.
0: I, I feel like Negan already kind of knows. Like he got I interrupted don't think so by in the by the call from Carl, but or not Carl, Rick. But um, the way that he was asking him questions was like, "All right, what really but I happened?" Think he
1: was, but I think Negan was a little. I, I don't know. I think Negan was a little distracted because he was a little worried about the Gavin thing. Yeah. Yes, um, he was. And yep. I think he was kind of focusing a little bit more on that than than what uh, Simon had to tell him. Um, I was
2: waiting for Rick to say something like,
1: why did your people just come and
2: kill all these people? Yeah. You know, with Simon standing there. I was waiting for there to be some hint where Negan was like, what the fuck just happened? Right. You right. know, like, because, uh, yeah, because there was definitely the, a lack of information for, on uh, Simon's part mm-hmm. that
1: was kind of keeping him alive at that point.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Right. Well, I'm sure Rick Rick wasn't even thinking about that. Rick was thinking about... Oh, no, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, he was thinking we'd... about the letter that Carl had left and, yeah. and his fury at Negan. Um. Carl, yeah, and, and, you know, and, and, and actually Rick's was the last segment, right? And yeah. And Rick's pretty... Rick, in his conversation with Negan, pretty much laid out the fact that uh, there's only one way out of this situation for Negan, and that was for him to be dead. There was uh, no other way it was going to be around it, and I th- and I thought Negan laid him out by talking Negan to him was about cruel. Yeah, well, talking about how he's he was you know a bad leader that that he had caused all these deaths and that he was a bad father. Yeah,
0: he said he failed as a father. Those are yeah. pretty he, intense. He laid words. it into
1: Rick. Rick well, should have just didn't. dropped the damn radio. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he shouldn't have gone to the end of that conversation.
2: I even believed Negan by the end of that conversation. I was like, wow, yeah, Rick, you really did screw up. <laughs> Negan's right. Rick,
1: Rick is not famous for good, for good decision making. I mean, that's the one thing we always kind of, you know, it's, it, if you really look at this show carefully, Rick is the leader of this group, and Rick has made a ton of bad decisions mm-hmm. as the leader of this group. But they still go back to Rick. They go back to yeah. the well.
0: But you know, if I was in that same situation, I doubt that I would be making a lot of great decisions either.
2: Rick has follow through. He does. He always comes back. He doesn't give up. He always comes back and right saves the day. Mm-hmm. It might cost half the people, yes, but that's exactly. okay. It's st- exactly he still comes back and saves the day, and he comes back with great one-liners like "I'm gonna kill you." Harry is <laughs> like got this long. Epithet about like how awful a dad he was and how terrible he is at leading people. He's like, well, I'm going to kill you still. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, Negan's on the other end going, oh, jeez. Yeah, like, can you just go away? I'm just not reaching him. That's what he says to him. He says, Rick, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said, can you not just give up?
0: When Negan's asking Rick about how Carl died, he asks, was it us? Was it the grenades, the fire... Um do you think that if it had been the savior's fault that Carl had died that it would have made it that much worse for Negan? Yes, and like absolutely. how do you think he would have reacted to that?
1: Oh, he would have been really upset because I think that was definitely what he was that's kind of what he was fishing at when yeah. he asked if it was us. He was you know, he was hoping it wasn't them that had done it. But you know, he he knew in reality that sure there's a good possibility that they could kill him. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah, yeah, and he even yeah. says that he says that your number, and all of us know our number could come up at any time. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He assumed
2: that it had something to do with them at the start, right. actually. And,
1: and it horrified him.
2: Yep.
1: But yeah. yes, I definitely think it was. It was. Uh, it would have had a even more profound effect. Maybe, or you know, I think the fact that that Carl died trying to save somebody also had a real impact on Negan too, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Negan did think of Carl as as evidently thought of Carl as you know possible f- leader for the future mm-hmm. in that organization and
2: uh he was literally
1: a savior
2: when he died
0: oh he was
2: yeah that's and that's t- what killed him
1: that's touching all right
0: <laughs> it's true it's true
1: it's true yeah but um yeah so yeah i definitely think negan negan was he, he definitely was Hoping it wasn't them that it killed.
0: Are you surprised at all that Rick does not want to compromise with Negan and that he wants to continue fighting until the end?
1: Not at all. No. No. Okay, good. No. We've all either. we've we've come on. Rick's crazy. I mean
0: No, I don't think it's even that. I think he knows I mean, he gave Negan several tries mm-hmm. and Negan ended up killing people after every single try. Well, can... and and he knows that if they give up right now, and try to make peace
2: that they're just going to be under Negan's rule. Yeah, but can you ever imagine like compromising to a guy after
1: you've seen what he's done?
0: That's what I mean. Or,
1: or you know, like to to your own people.
0: Yeah. See, or and I don't,
1: I don't agree. Up to him I either. don't think, I don't think Rick ever did try to compromise with him. I think Rick tried to stall. Yeah. I think Rick yeah. was always biding time. Yeah, he was always biding time to get Negan. I think it was always his intention that he would kill Negan, um, but he was trying to, you know. Yeah, he was trying to just buy time. And that's why he tried to work with Negan on those different things and get everybody to calm down because he knew that was not the time to strike, that it would come. But they had to lay in wait. They had to gain some of Negan's uh, trust. And Negan's people didn't help. You know, like like when they beat up Aaron and stuff like that, that made it really tough to mm-hmm. for them to be able to hold back. It's still amazing to me
2: that uh, Negan let Rick live for as long as he did. Mm-hmm. Especially when he had other times when he had phrases like, "I'm going to kill you" in other episodes.
1: Yeah well, I think I think it's Stu, I think maybe you know we might have gotten a little bit of a glimmer of what that's about tonight or in, in the episode this week, because you know if if we if Simon is what we suspect that Simon's the leader of a community that got whipped down by by um, Negan. Mm-hmm. And he's already been through a situation where he's reined in somebody that was probably his enemy. Yeah. So he probably was thinking he could do the same thing with Rick that he did with Simon. And, uh, you know, so that's, you know, it was Negan's arrogance thinking he could do that with Rick. Yeah,
2: and, and if he could convince his son.
1: Mm-hmm. But I don't think he believes that at all anymore. No. 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 And, you know, Rick's, Rick, as far as he's concerned, is a dead man.
2: But I mean, what I was gonna say is that he, he saw uh, Negan saw uh, Carl as the key to Rick. So right. if he could if he could get Carl even somewhat listening to him, uh, then then Rick would probably follow or try to kill him.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I do, and you know, and and also you know if Negan really did. Um, really did have this respect for Carl that he had, and wanted Carl to be part of the future. He would have never had Carl if he had killed Rick. Carl would never have dealt with Negan. So maybe that was part of the bargain, too, is he just kept... Rick was to be alive and to be worked with so that he could bring Carl into the fold. Well, we're going to take a break for a moment, and when we come back, we're going to do our ever-popular Hit and Miss segment. See you in a minute! So we're back and we're ready to do hit and miss. I think this week we're gonna start out with Kimmy. No. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. My hit is um is the interaction between Jadis and Simon. Because I think the two of them are extremely dynamic um, actors, which I've already said. But I think the two of them work off each other really well. And I don't remember seeing them in too many scenes before, especially with dialogue involved. Um, so this time we really get to see the two of them interacting with each other. I don't think we've ever seen together.
1: them in a scene together, have we?
0: That's very possible, yeah. I was trying to think back and... I don't no, know, I don't think we have. I don't know if there has been. <clears throat> so I just really enjoyed their back and forth and... Their facial expressions. And
2: well, Stephen, yeah, Stephen Ogg has an awesome face for that. Um, mm. I mean, huge mouth. Yeah. But he, I mean, but he's, yeah, he's very dynamic with how, how he's, he uh, uses words.
0: But it, even with her, um, this is like her first major acting job, I think, and... To go from being a supermodel to being an actress, I think she did a
2: hell of a job. And I especially liked when she knocked him on the ground and he's like, No, no, no. Yeah. It was like he got his <laughs> excuse right at that point. Yes, you he know, did. To he was, go he got what he wanted. And that
0: one point where he was like, um, I'm not feeling <laughs> yeah.
2: the remorse. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. like, well, I that's know we right. established just, something here, just, but I'm not. He gave really up the guns, kidding.
1: which is good reparations. That's yeah. true. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, that's my hit.
2: My hit goes kind of along with that same situation, except that it's that the garbage people are gone. Yeah. That yep. That they killed them off. <laughs> so I, that was, uh, I'm glad we are kind of done with that because we keep having to go over there and trying to figure out why. Yeah. yeah. Why do they keep bringing these people back that just kind of, they, they have no loyalty to anybody, and they just kind of screw up
1: every situation. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, they just kind of bounce they're around. And just weird. Yep, just weird. Um, my hit was the the Negan conversations. Negan with Rick and Negan with Simon. Those were, to me, were just really... Negan in general, just being able to get some, a little bit more definition to the character. I mean, I see Negan as much more of a, uh, like I said earlier, a three-dimensional character than the two-dimensional cartoon we were seeing from him before. Yep. So I definitely it, think it's, uh, you know, I loved it. I thought it was much better.
2: Yeah, it's a great evolution of what he's become, too. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we were kind of all so disappointed with him uh, when he was first. In, not when he was first introduced, but just kind of the first few that episodes. Season. Yeah, for, yeah. I guess it was. Was that season seven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That we were just kind of like, uh. These right.
0: guys, I think for this stop show, with the
2: one-liners and stop with the bend in the back and yeah, the hip jump. thrust and yes, all that good yeah, yeah.
1: stuff. I
0: think yeah. for this series to continue the way they're wanting it to continue, they need to get rid of that theatrical character mm-hmm. and bring him back to reality. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: and hopefully I think that's, that's what they're, they're doing. doing. Yeah, they they definitely toned down the character for this episode, and hopefully that's the case going forward. I mean, that theatrical Negan will have to come out mm-hmm. here and there. Because, you know, that we are discovering, learning about Negan, that that is, you know, it's part of what he does for his intimidation factor. Mm
2: -hmm. So,
1: um, you know, if that was the substance of Negan, then I'm not caring too much for the character. But if that is a part of Negan, if that is a part that he brings out as part of his plan, then I'm very interested in the character. Right. You know, so... I, I agree with you. You know, I think I think it's really nice to see the uh, the uh, att- attempt to uh, give him a little bit of a different angle. Yeah. So.
0: Well, my miss for this episode is, as I have already said, was the Enid section. I think that that section, you know, I was going to say it was so poorly written, but maybe that's not the right choice of words. It was just so... Poorly portrayed. Like I just don't get why that was even included in this, except to maybe just give us a little bit of a break from the whole Rick um Negan, you know, escapade. Um
1: It could be also used as a vehicle to give some of the other characters we haven't seen in a little while something to do.
2: Yeah, I you know, guess.
1: Aaron and, and, and they didn't Enid. do much. Right. So.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's keeping it's keeping the ocean side people in the storyline because we were actually speculating at that same thing like why don't they go get the oceanside people yeah. for a little bit of help? Mm-hmm. So and now we're saying well, why are they going to get the oceanside people? Well, but you know <laughs> once I no but
1: once I've seen the oceanside people now and so forth they just you're like oh yeah they're useless. No, <laughs> what, what, I don't what see I'm it. saying I though it.
0: is if you're gonna go get the oceanside people like move it along. Don't yeah. show us well, this little bit where it's like the same old, same old, they want to kill you, but we're going to convince them not to kill us, and then they're going to let us go in the exact same place that they let Tara go, and they're going to tell us to keep running and don't look back, which is exactly what they told Tara. You know, it's the same thing over and over again. Well, this is
2: not completely closing out that storyline because Aaron's still there, but it is kind of trying to close out something that they opened up again at the mid-season finale, which was, you know, they go there, Enid kills their leader, and then they leave it. So now we're saying, okay, well, now they let Enid go because the leader's daughter was like, no, you know, and they need to go and and shows them a little bit of empathy and says, don't ever come back. Right. But Aaron's still there. So Aaron's still going to try and convince him. And he's probably he's not going to die. No, something's going to happen. But uh, I agree with you. That was my mess, too, was that whole thing. It was like it's not needed. I agree with Scott that it was kind of just reviving it was giving those characters something to do, but it was also kind of reviving that storyline, saying, that's still out there. It's not completely gone. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Well, and it again, three I three believe for it's three. because
2: the I writers agree. are probably listening to our podcast. <laughs> and so they decided, OK, we, we need to give s- s- the Sondermen something. That's right. <laughs> that's what they
1: said. Now, I thought what they gave us was getting rid of the junkyard people. Oh, yeah. Well, that was
2: yeah. that was part of it, too. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was.
0: Okay, so we do have some listener
1: comments. Um, Emmeline Veltkamp said, Guys, guys, the garbage people are gone. I'm so happy right now. Yay!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, I'm guessing at read? her tone on that, but it's really how I took it.
2: <laughs> I, <think> it <laughs> I like how you accurate. get the, like, a higher
1: voice there, too. That was good. Yeah, yeah I, I try.
2: Uh, Evan Brookman said the most annoying of the garbage people was Jadis, and after grinding up her crew, she took a union-mandated applesauce break. (laughs) think you can find a place for a good pedicure in this, ZA. Anyway, I digress. Jadis was the nuisance of that bunch. The rest might have been useful, but along came Simon to get it back asswards. I'm sure none of the 20 other guys will let the truth get back to Negan. (laughs) Seriously.
0: (laughs) Yeah, who can you trust? Hmm. Mark LaVarnway said, I guess the lesson this week is that you cannot stand on the sidelines and watch. You have to pick a side. Oceanside's isolation has caused them a lot of grief. The garbage pail kids, we don't bother, Hmm. we take mantra should have been, we don't bother to look both ways when we cross the street. Their mercenary (laughs) tactics cost them dearly. Next week, it will be time for Eugene to make his final choice. But again, he may be grist for the mill,
1: so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. That
2: was good.
0: Yeah. Eugene has some thinking to do.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where Eugene's character goes next.
0: Yeah. Because isn't In the previews, didn't we see that he's being offered his own outpost?
1: Yeah. Uh, Something I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't remember that part.
0: Yeah. Mark actually had one more thing to say that I thought was interesting. He said, it was inferred a few episodes back that Negan had a previous issue with Simon. I wonder if Simon has slaughtered all the men from Oceanside against Negan's orders.
1: That is an interesting idea. That, um, you know, that maybe is what we were talking about because we did think that um, obviously Simon had done something to that effect before. And that's why uh, Negan was reining him in, you know, to control his his impulses. So, um, yeah, that's real interesting because we don't really know what happened to the Oceanside Men other than they got wiped out, which is not usually Negan's way. Negan usually brings the people in. Or has them, becomes commodities for the the group, Yeah.
0: Good thought, Mark. Um, We do have a little bit of news, and that is that Robert Kirkman announced on The Talking Dead on Sunday night that he was releasing a new comic book, which is actually due out on March 7th, so by the time you hear this podcast, it will be out. It's called Oblivion Song, and it... Takes place um, in the future. I'm from what I understand. The protagonist is Nathan Cole, and he is a time traveler. And he comes back to the world to this world to save people that were left behind during an apocalypse event. So that could be cool. Um, I'm so actually
1: going to be about what he finds when he comes back. I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the way Kirkman described it is, it, it's kind of like a parallel universe to The Walking Dead, not associated with The Walking Dead in any shape or form, but it's it's a parallel world.
1: Right. Very cool. Well, next time on The Walking Dead, Season 8, Episode 11, Dead or Alive Or. Uh, really? finds him... mm-hmm Or. Mm-hmm. Or. Just or. Huh. Daryl finds himself in bad company as his group heads To the hilltop. Maggie makes a difficult decision at the hilltop and Gabriel's faith becomes tested.
2: Oh Gabriel. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's still around. Yeah, and I
1: saw from the preview that it it looks like Gabriel and the and the the good doctor escape.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm sorta interested to see what happens with Father Gabriel.
1: I am. I'm very I I like Father Gabriel's character. I still don't understand why he's sick, but I like his character.
2: I'm intrigued to see what's going on with the Oceanside thing. Even if they do seem like a useless group, I'm, I'm wondering what the heck's going on. And we're probably not going to have any dealings with that at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, we may see a little bit of it yeah. next week, but it sounds like they're going to be concentrating on, on, uh, you know, Daryl's group trying to get to Hilltop. Who else is in that group with him? I'm trying to remember. Um, Dwight
0: and Tara. And, Dwight,
2: and, uh, uh, right, right. 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 Oh, Dwight yep, that's been yep. shot.
1: Yep. He's shot in the shoulder. And then, uh, and yeah, and I guess Maggie's got to figure out what to do with the 38 she's still holding, huh? Yep. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting and to see. And the whole baby thing. Well, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: All right. I think we're ready to wrap it up. If you would like to write to us, you can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast, and on the web at fearmepodcast.com. And you can download the episodes from your favorite podcasting site. And once again, we want to thank Mark LaVarnway for writing um, the song that we are using in the intro and outro for the podcast now. And if you would like to hear more of his music, you can find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash doubt. S-O-U-L-D-O-U-B-T. Thanks, Mark. And thanks to everyone else for listening. Good night.
1: Good night, everybody.